Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Hello and good morning, everybody. I am super excited to be here with you guys this morning. I just want to give a good welcome to everybody who's tuning in, whether it's on YouTube, uh, Facebook, or our church online platform, which, hey, that's my favorite one, okay? I got I like the availability, the things that have easy access there. Uh, so I just want to say welcome and good morning, everybody. And I already know what you're thinking. All right, you're looking at me, you're saying, who is this guy? He's not nearly as good looking as Pastor Rodney. Or maybe you're thinking, did I get onto the right uh, platform this morning? Yes, you're in the right spot. Uh, I get the privilege and honor to bring God's word today. I serve on our church staff, Rethink Life Church, as the student director. And uh, it is my privilege and honor to be here today. And before we get into everything that God has for us today, because I do believe he has a big word in store for us today, I just want to give honor where honor is due. Uh, Honor is a a core value here at our church. And I just want to give honor to the man himself, Pastor Rodney. If you're tuning in, go crazy in the chat. Give him some love. Say thank you to him. Whatever it is on your heart, just let's honor him. Uh, Pastor Rodney, you have personally impacted my life, uh, and I wish everybody could see the behind the scenes. I get little glimpses every now and then, and the way you pastor your family, and the way you pastor our staff, uh, there's no one like you, and uh, I am just so honored to be a part of your life, and I'm honored to have you in my life, and uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for impacting my marriage. Thank you for impacting me as a leader, and Thank you for leading me so well. I honor you this morning. Come on, one more time, church. Can we just honor Pastor Rodney in the chat? Throw some emojis, throw some love love emojis, heart emojis, wherever you're at. Uh, we just honor Pastor Rodney this morning. Well, hey, this morning is going to be super fun. Um, and I know what you're thinking. You haven't gotten to know me really well yet due to the coronavirus. Uh, me and my wife came here at the end of January 2020. And, it, and God brought us here. And when we got here, we were probably... About a month in, getting student ministry moving, getting getting plugged into the church, and then we go into shutdown mode. And because of that, we haven't had the privilege to meet everybody or properly introduce ourselves. And a little bit about me. I, I'm a Texas boy, okay? I grew up in Texas. Shout out, Texas. Uh, I, I was three when we moved to Florida, actually. Believe it or not, we were in Jacksonville, Florida for about five years. Went back to Texas when I was eight years old, where I grew up the rest of my life. I uh, went to Klein Oak High School. Shout out, Klein Oak High School. Everybody who's watching back in Texas, hey, it's not just just four years. It's for life. Oakland, baby. Panthers for life. Uh, So I went to Klein Oak High School where I feel like my high school journey was a little bit different. Uh, I feel like I I had the best of uh, the the best and then I had the worst of the worst that high school had to offer. I found myself, you know, the student athlete. I played sports my whole life. Uh, I played baseball for 13 years, football just as long. uh, And I found myself, you know, in high school, the student athlete, well-respected, well-known, had a good uh, reputation around the school. But then I found myself in a season where I went through a hard time and I isolated myself from all my friends. I isolated myself from my family. Uh, Based off the decisions that I was making in life, I just felt a lot of shame and I felt a lot of guilt because around that time I had given my life to Jesus. But how how many of you know when you make that decision, you still have the the free will to go and live the life that you were living before. And, And that's where I found myself. And with that came a lot of shame a lot of guilt, and I didn't know how to handle it, and, and I didn't know where to go, so I tried to handle it myself. Come on, to all the macho guys out there, everybody who likes to try to handle it on their own, it's like, I got this, but little did I know, I didn't know that I needed people in my life, and I didn't know that uh, there was more in store for me, and, and I got to a breaking point. I don't know if any of you find yourself there this morning, but I found myself at a breaking point where I hit my knees, and 
I'm crying out to God. I'm, God, why did I end up here? And how did I end up here? I, I know I made the bad decisions. And why am I like this? And why am I facing this? Why do I feel so broken and dirty? And, and it's like as clear as the camera is on me this morning, uh, as clear as you can see me this morning, it's like the presence of God was right in front of me. And he met me there and he, he lifted me up by my chin. And he said, son, I love you. I accept you. And I'm proud of you. Now go do what I've called you to do. And from that moment, you guys, I decided to go the way God was taking me. And it took me to Highlands College where I, where I graduated in 2019. Uh, shout out to the ambassador program. I got to be ambassador for the college. Uh, shout out to Hamid, man. Thank you for pouring into me. I love you, brother. Um, and, then, and then after Highlands College, when I graduated, actually the day before my graduation, I like to say I made the best decision of my life, okay? I proposed to the love of my life, Talia Guzman. You probably saw her lead worship this morning. She also did the announcements this morning. And uh, she's just incredible. She's the love of my life. And I'm so thankful that I made that decision. I'm thankful that that's where God was taking me. And then we're now in this, the Orlando. You know, we're in the city beautiful and plugged into Rethink Life Church, doing what God's called me to do. And I truly believe uh, whenever you turn away from the, what you think you need to what you really need, God can do a miracle. And I, and I just want to go back to that part of my story this morning before we move any further. I want to go back to that part in the story where I said I, I isolated myself. And I was alone. And I wonder who's tuning in this morning, who's in that season of life where maybe it's your the single mother and you're busy with your, your kids and that's that's where you think you you that's what you think you need, but really what you need is people outside of that. You need someone who can care for you and and and, and partner with you and and uh, someone that can relate with you. And, and right now we're just so dependent on the kids, but maybe you need someone else. Maybe it's that businessman where you're you're so busy and you think busy is what you need. But really, you need people who you can connect with, you can do life with, people who can lift you up. Maybe it's that student. Oh, if I just give myself more work, do more homework. Maybe you're a student athlete. If I just practice more, I'll figure it out all on my own. That's what I need. But really, what you need is something different. You know, I think of a story this morning uh, between Sarah and Abram. So those of you who don't, aren't familiar with Sarah and Abram, it was before Abraham was Abraham, okay? So Sarah and Abram, I remember this story where Sarah, you know, she's, she's, she's just tired of fighting this battle of not having a family yet. She's struggling. She's trying to figure out, you know, how can I start a family? And she, back in the day, they had servants. And Sarah tells uh, her husband, like, hey, take my servant. Let's start a family. And they do that. What they, and what's, what sticks out to me in that story is what they thought they needed wasn't God's best for their life. How many of you are in a situation this morning, what you thought you needed isn't what God's best for you is in your life? Maybe you're saying, hey, if I just take that pill, the pain will go away. I'm stepping on toes this morning. We're going to get deep. Maybe if I drink that alcohol... My, 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 all my anxiety will go away. Maybe, maybe if I just do more busy work, maybe if I just do this thing, or maybe if I watch this explicit video, I'll get the pleasure that I'm looking for. Maybe, maybe if I divorce this person, I'll find more happiness in life. Maybe if I make more money, all my problems will go away. Well, I'm here to tell you today, those aren't the answers. Hey, what we need is relationships. What we need is each other. We need each other. And that's really what my whole sermon is about today is how bad we need each other. Because right now we're in a season where we're, we're socially distancing. And I know I get the term that, you know, what they mean by it, right? They're, it's important that we're socially distancing because we want to make sure that coronavirus doesn't spread and all that. But right now I feel like, you know, that's not the term. Okay, because we need each other. We need the social aspect of life. I wish they would have called it 
um, physical distancing, okay? Because I want to stress to you how bad we need each other. We need a phone call. We need a text. We need one another. That is, that is why our church is committed to what we call life groups. And in fact, today, t- today is the day that life groups are happening, okay? We are launching our life groups, and I want to encourage everybody watching this morning to get in a life group because you're going to find people that you can build lasting and strong relationships with that will help you through life. Hey, this is what you need. You don't need more things. You don't need more money. You need more relationships. And I'm talking more relationships that you're actually investing in and connected to. Right now, everything bad is up because of social distancing, right? Depression's up, anxiety's up, anger's up, killings are up, suicides are up. What, what does it take to get out of what we're in? And I truly believe we need each other. And so we're launching today. I want to encourage you, get in a group. Do not miss out on this. This is very, very important. And for those of you who are watching, you're like, well, I don't know about life groups. I, I don't know if that's really biblical. I'm here to tell you today it is, actually. We learned from the first century church in the book of Acts that they would gather together in the temple where they would have court worship. And hey, I'm excited to announce today that we're gathering together as a church again on February 7th. And in fact, I want to encourage you all to be there. And actually, if you're interested in helping set up and be a part of the setup process, February 6th, we're doing that as well together as a church. So hey, I want to encourage you. We're going to worship again. We're going to gather together again. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then it says in the book of Acts that they would go from house to house in gatherings. And that's what a life group is, okay? We're doing life together. We're gathering together. We're encouraging one another because, again, hey, church, we need each other. I like this, uh, this statistic that, that, um, that I read. I don't really like it, but this is, this is scary to statistics. You know, it says, do you know that 40% of Americans say they're close to no one? Let that sink in. Close to nobody. You have no one to turn to, no one to help. No one to pick you up when you're down. No one to push you further when you need to go further. No one to hear what you're going through. You know, there's a study done by the Department of Health that did a study and, and they, they um, did a couple, they found out a couple of things what happens whenever you disconnect it from others. And these are actually quite frightening as well. It says you're two to three times more likely to die an early death. You're four times more likely to suffer from an emotional burnout. You're five times more likely to suffer from clinical depression and you're 10 times more likely to be hospitalized for a mental or emotional disorder. I like this quote by John C. Maxwell. He's an incredible leader and he says this, everyone is communicating. Man, that hits me. Everyone's communicating. You know, we're busy. We're, We're talking to one another. We think that's enough, but he goes on to say, but few connect. And I want to challenge you today as a church. I want to really, really, I'm calling all of our church to come together and do life together and lift one another up, care for one another, encourage one another, and be in each other's lives. Because, hey, look, if we can, if we can impact each other's lives, we can impact the world. And that's where we're going. That's, that's where we're headed. And so find someone you can communicate with. In fact, most people think the Bible just deals with sin. But actually, in Genesis 2.18, in my Bible, it actually first hits on that not sin, but it's solitude. It's loneliness. Okay? Genesis 2.18, it says this, The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Hey, God saw that it wasn't good for us to be on our own. So what did he do? He made us for relationships. We need relationships, okay? We need each other. That's the only way we get through this season. Let's look at a character in the Bible named Solomon, okay? He was a wise man, had much wealth, 
And in fact, he had many wives. He had over hundreds of wives. wives. And I heard this joke when I was in seminary school. But the, the student asked the professor, he said, hey, look, why did Solomon have so many wives? And the professor looked at him. He responded. And he said, well, it was because when Solomon came home, he knew at least one of them would be happy. Oh, I got to stop it. I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I had to go there, though. I'm going to get in trouble with my wife. But I had to go there. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Let's move on. Okay, so Solomon, man, had it all, right? He had it all from the outside. But then you go into Ecclesiastes, verses four, uh, chapter 4, verse 8. He says this. This is Solomon talking about himself. He says, there was a man all alone. He had nobody. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. In other words, he just felt like there was no way out. His eyes were not, his eyes were not content with his wealth. In other words, money didn't make him happy. He wanted more. And who today is wanting more? They're looking for a way out. They're looking for something more than what they have in life. And I'm here to tell you, it is each other. We are the answer to each other. We need each other, you guys. And money and wealth aren't the answer. We know that. And so today, I want to talk about what it looks like to be relationally fit, okay? So if you're watching today, title of the message, whatever you got to do, as you're starting to take notes, the title of today's message is Relationally Fit, and the subtitle is We Need Each Other. So we're going to dive into the book of John. Uh, and as for, for, for those of you who don't know much about the book of John, uh, John is four of, uh, one of the four Gospels in, in the beginning of the New Testament. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And those Gospels, other people refer to them as the synoptic gospels. And basically what that means is it's the same story just told through four different perspectives, but they're all empowered and led by the Holy Spirit. And so today we're gonna to dive into the book of John and I really want us to focus on John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. Don't worry, we're not gonna read through the whole book word for word, uh, but we are gonna dive into some of the principles. There's five principles, I believe, uh, that God is gonna teach us uh, throughout this, this, this sermon. There's five principles that I pulled out from those chapters. And so today, let's get ready to dive in. I'm gonna hit on these really, really quickly. Uh, and I'm gonna start with this. So as we open up John 13, um, we, we, we find ourselves in a, in a, in a story where you know, Jesus is starting to gather with his disciples. He's actually, this is the last conversation before he's crucified. And he's gathering with his disciples. And what was customary as they gathered, gathered in the house was they would wash each other's feet before they entered. And nobody was there. So Jesus himself, he takes off his outer garment, wraps a towel around his waist. He gets down, he starts washing the disciples' feet. And then in John 13, 8, we pick up where Peter has a conversation with Jesus and this is what he says. This is Peter. He says, no, said Peter, talking to Jesus. You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And I feel like that is our response a lot of times in our relationship with Jesus. It's God, I'll give you most of me, but I'm not going to give you the dirtiest part of me. Could you imagine Peter, okay, you look at back in the old days, you know, they didn't have any shoes. They walked around just barefoot. Could you imagine the stink, the dirt? All the stuff that was underneath his toenails. I mean, come on. I mean, it was dirty. And Peter's like, Jesus, you don't need to see that part of me. But Jesus is saying, hey, unless I see that part of you, you have no part with me. And that, that resembles a lot of times our relationship with each other as well. Come on, somebody. I mean, we gather together. We have those surface level, you know, relationships that we tell each other what we think we want each other to hear. But we don't get down into the deep, dark, dirty parts of our relationships. And I'm here today to tell you we need each other for that exact purpose. And that leads me to point number one, is I need people who will care for me. We are a church that cares for one another, okay? We are there for one another. And here we are, John 13, the first, first chapter that we're going to hit on today. John 13, uh, verse 12 through 15, it says, When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. That's Jesus. 
Jesus asked them, do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightfully so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, hit, this is important right here, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Hey, we need one another to lift each other up. We need one another to be there for one another and care for one another. It is very important. And we read in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10, it's better to have a partner than to go at it alone. Don't be by yourself. Find someone that you can do life with. Share the work, share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other helps. But if one falls down without any help, then tough. Hey, guys, there's going to be a time in our lives where we face a a battle that we can't handle on our own. There's going to be a time in our lives where we get knocked down. But it's important that together we come together. You know, in your life group, you care for one another and you lift each other up when you're down and, and you, you rejoice with one another whenever you're rejoicing. And we read that in Romans 12, 15. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Hey, church, we got to care for one another and be there for each other. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 26, it says, if one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. We have to care for one another. And so I want you to write this down. When you all join a life group today, because I know you will, hey, I want to encourage everybody, get in a life group. So when you all join a life group today, because I know you will, here's what I want you to do. The first thing I want you to do is connect with your group leader and keep him informed on all your care needs. Hey, this is how we primarily care for our church. This is how we pastor our church. This is how pastoral care happens. You know, we we can't be everywhere at once, especially our staff. Pastor Rodney can't be everywhere. I can't be everywhere. You know, our staff can't be everywhere at once. But we are devoted to equipping our life group leaders, to equipping our leaders within our church to be able to give the care that everybody needs within our church. And then that leads me to point number two, is I need people who will encourage me, okay? In John 14, this is the second chapter, John 14, 14, 1, it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Hey, we, we're going to face a time where we're troubled, where we're questioning what we're supposed to be doing, but we need to encourage each other. In Hebrews 3, 13, it says, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I remember um, I was on the road driving somewhere and one of my friends back in Texas, we were best friends growing up and we haven't talked much, but when we do talk, it's like we just pick up right where we left off. Okay. And so he calls me and he's like, Hey man, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing good, Carson. How are you? Oh, I'm good. And he, and he said it kind of like that, you know, Oh, I'm good. And I was like, Carson, how are you doing? And he was like, Oh, you know, I'm good. And I was like, Hey man, seriously, how are you doing? And he was like, man, you know what? I've talked to three different friends today and none of them heard the trouble in my voice. And then we encouraged, we encouraged one another. We lifted one another's spirits up. He told me what he was going through. And I encouraged him. I reminded him who he was. And he hung up and I hung up. And I felt like the conversation was exactly what I needed. Hey, church, we need to encourage one another. And that leads me to this point. I want you to write it down as well. When you get together next week, because I know you're all joining a group today, but when you get together next week, exchange phone numbers and regularly check on one another. That's super important. Hey, we got to be a church that's encouraging one another. And that leads me to point number three is I need people who will do great things for me. 
hey, I just want to say how thankful I am for a church that does great things. We do not stop. We are partnering with many people all over the world just to make an impact. And it's because we come together to do great things. We do bikes and Bibles. We do uh, uh, food releases. We do. We serve the homeless. We also partner with other ministries to go impact the world, you know, send um, help to hurricane relief, send help to other reliefs. I mean, we are a church that is dedicated to doing great things together. And, and, John's, and, John, um, and John 15, verses 4 through 5, it says, Remain in me as also I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. In other words, alone you can't do anything. I must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit, do anything good, you know, unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me alone, you can do nothing. And that's Jesus talking to his disciples and reminding them to remain in him. But what a great reminder that is for us, that we need to stay together. We need to be in community with one another because we are better together. Hey, if we want to do great things, we will partner together and do great things as a church. I want to encourage you, as you are with your life group this week, hey, as you're, you're, you know, you're sharing your stories, as you're connecting, I want to challenge you and your life group because I know you're all going to join a life group today. You notice how I keep plugging that in there because it's important, you guys. I want to do life with you, and I know you want to do life with one another. This is how we're going to grow. This is how we're going to deepen our relationship with one another, also with Jesus. So when you're in the life group, I want you and your life group to do a serve project together. Okay, plan a serve project. Go out in the community. Make a difference wherever you're at. It can be something small. It can be something big. Hey, let's plan a serve project together. Let's make do great things together. And then point number four in John chapter 16. Verse one, it says, and the point number four is, I need people who will protect me. Hey, the enemy is out there to still kill and destroy you guys. You know this. And so we need people in our lives who are gonna protect us and fight for us and hold us accountable. In John 16, verse one, it says, all this I have told you so that you will not go astray. In other translations, it says, fall away. And, and I wanna uh, give you this illustration that you know when gazelles remain in their pack, a lion that's on the prowl looking to get his prey will not attack until that one gazelle goes away, till that one gazelle goes astray. And so I want to encourage you today, get in a life group, get around people who will protect you, get in around people who will say, hey, man, I'm here for you. Hey, you're going away. I pull, pull you back in. Pull you. I'm here to protect you, brother. I'm on your side. We need people in our lives who will do that. In Ecclesiastes 4.12, it says this, a person standing alone all by yourself can be easily attacked and defeated but two can stand back to back what happens when you're back to back i got you you got me and then it goes on in that verse to say but three are even better so back side side hey we got to have each other we need people in our lives to be relationally fit we need people in our lives who are going to protect us and not just protect us but hold us accountable and what I mean by that is ask the hard questions, okay? We need people in our lives who are going to say, hey, look, man, I want to keep you from going astray. So I'm going to ask you the hard questions. And, and there's a lot of studies on what questions to ask one another to really get down to the bottom of it. But here's a few questions. They're about to pop up on the screen that I want to share with you. Number one is, have you been in a compromising situation this week? Has anything got under your skin? Has anything rubbed you wrong? You know, are, what, Number two is, have you put down or discouraged a teammate or a friend this week? Number three is, have any of your financial dealings lacked integrity? Number four is, have you viewed any sexually explicit material lately? 
Number five is, have you spent quality time in Bible study and prayer? Number six is, have you given priority to your family? Number seven is, have you fulfilled the mandates of your calling? Number six is, have you talked bad about a teacher this week? And then the last one, which is my favorite one, have you just lied to me? No, I'm just kidding. Yes. I mean, right? That's how we respond is, yeah, I just lied. I just told you everything was a lie. Let me tell you the truth now. But, you know, it's important that we have people that will hold us accountable, that will protect us, and that will be there for us. And so when you, when you join a life group this week, because I know you will, I want you all to ask each other the hard questions. And then now we're going to go to number five in chapter 17, verses 1 and 9. It says this, After Jesus said that he looked toward heaven and prayed, I am praying for them. Notice he didn't say for the whole world. He said, I'm praying for them. Praying for my group. I'm praying for my people. Because Jesus knew that if he could reach them, then they would reach the world. Hey, church, that's our prayer. That's our prayer today. We need to reach each other, care for one another, pray for each other. Because we know that if we can pray for one another, then we'll cover the world. And that, that's point number five is I need people in my life who will pray for me. And Ephesians 6:18, it says this: prayer is essential. Wow, doesn't that sound familiar, right? We're in a season where everything's essential, right? We need, we need masks, we need gloves, we need hand sanitizer, come on, face shields. We need, that's all essential. But let me tell you what's more essential, and that's the power of prayer. We are a church of prayer. So we need prayer is essential, it says in Ephesians 6.18. In this, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. And so, hey, when you join a life group today, because I know you all will, it's super important. We got life groups of all kinds. We got activity life groups, Zoom life groups, in-person life groups, life groups for, for, for moms, life groups for um, photo you know, op stuff. There's life groups, all kinds. I encourage you, join a life group. And when you join the life group, share your prayer requests weekly and cover one another in prayer. Hey church, we need each other. There's nothing more important. There's nothing more than what we need right now than this. We need each other. And I want to share the story with you um, about the story of Moses. Moses, for those of you who don't know, he was a mighty man. Moses cleared. He, he parted the Red Sea. Moses made water come out of a rock. But still, Moses found himself in a situation, in a battle. That he couldn't win on his own. For those of you who don't know the story, Moses was to keep his hands raised as long as he could. Keep them raised. And as long as they were raised, the battle would be win, be won. But the moment his arms started to drop, the battle, they would begin to lose. So Moses finds himself up here holding his hands up, and his arms begin to drop, and, his, and they begin to lose the battle. But his friends come along, people in his life, Aaron and her, they find a rock, they roll it up behind them. They say, Moses, sit down. Moses sits down. And they're like, hey, brother, I got you. Relax, we're gonna hold your arms up. So they held his arms up long enough for them to win the battle. I wonder who's watching today, whether you're the single parent, whether you're the businessman, whether you're the, the student, wherever you're at in life right now, I wonder if you're fighting a battle that you can't win on your own and God's telling you, hey, get in a life group, get people around you that can care for you, that can encourage you, that can partner with you, that can pray for you, that can be there for you. Hey, we need each other, church. And if you're here today, I want to give you a challenge to take that relational risk and get relationally 
fit. And I believe if we do these five things, if we care for one another, if we encourage one another, if we, if we, if we protect one another, if we're, if, we're, if we're praying for one another and if we do great things for each other, we'll become relationally fit. And that's the risk I'm asking you all to take. Can we pray this morning? God, I thank you for today. God, thank you for everybody tuning in. And Lord, I pray that we become relationally fit, Lord, that we would, we would care for one another, that we would encourage one another and protect one another and do great things with one another and, and pray for one another. And I pray that everybody watching here today, Lord, that we get in a life group to do relationship, not just communicate, but to connect with each other and to really hold each other accountable and to challenge each other to be better and to do great things in this world. Lord, we know that as we come together, we'll make a greater impact and do greater things. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, stay on. Don't go anywhere. If you're here today and you're saying, hey, Steve, I, I don't even know if I know Jesus. Let me encourage you today. That is the one and best relationship that you need in your life. That is the starting point. So if you're here today and you're saying, I need Jesus, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Lord, we thank you for today. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Lord, I repent of my sins. I turn from my wicked ways. I come to you. I make you Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, church. Can we give it up for those who made that decision today? Wow, what a great decision. Uh, I'm just super excited. We have so many next steps in store for you, but the first one I want to ask you to do is click on that I Decided button. There's, there's a button in the chat on our church online platform. There's a button at the top of the screen, and also you can text this number right here at the bottom of the screen uh, to get connected, but we are just beyond excited. We cannot wait to help you go down this journey, this, this path, and church, uh, just, I just want to thank you again for giving me the opportunity to be here with you all today. I pray you have a great day, great week, and we'll see you guys next Sunday. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.